You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the OKC82 Podcast. This is Brady Trantham along with Miss Madison Morris via cellular device. Uh, Madison, what a boring... Well, you know, we, we said... I at least said... The Sixers game was boring, but it was a lot of that had stemmed from no Joel Embiid, no Paul right. George. It's an Eastern Conference foe. We cover the Thunder. Um, win or lose, this doesn't necessarily matter that much. Um, but tonight was boring for a different reason. It was boring because it was a carbon copy of the first quarter that we saw on Thursday where the Thunder allowed 37 points to the Sixers. Tonight they allowed 38 to the Spurs in the opening quarter. And it was a carbon copy of the first game in San Antonio back on January 11th where the Spurs just could not miss and the Thunder did little to nothing to stop them. Yeah, this game was extremely boring, um, basically because there were only two lead changes. The Thunder led by one, and uh, the Spurs were able to lead by 19 at one point. So um, it's kind of funny that this happened tonight because we've been talking about how this team has a lot of fight and grit in them, and I still believe that, don't get me wrong. But this is kind of uh, the game that kind of (laughs) bit all of us in the booties and what we've been saying the past couple of weeks. This was a little bit of a blowout. And it was a little disappointing, um, not in like a biased I'm a Thunder fan way, but kind of in a dang, because Brady and I have been watching this team for, what, 62 games now this entire season. We've been watching them in past seasons, but especially this team right now. Uh, this team is full of a lot of talent, a lot of young, energetic guys, as well as um vets that just know the game real well know what they're doing so it was just kind of disappointing in a sense that this team really surprised me with how little they showed out tonight um i mean no none of the thunder players scored above 19 points tonight russell westbrook was the highest scoring player with 19 um it was just a little bit of a weird game just because nobody really showed out there wasn't really a star who carried the game there wasn't anything and this kind of just uh, solidifies the whole talk that Paul George right now is the guy who is kind of carrying this team. And now that he's been out for a second straight game, it's just like, holy crap, like what is going on? Yeah. And if that's, if that's the case, if Paul George is this damn important for the team, especially offensively and defensively, then it's kind of the, it's the same disappointing shame that the Thunder encountered last year when Andre Robertson goes down. Yes, Andre Robertson is one of the best defenders in the league, especially on the perimeter. Losing him is going to impact your defense. But there no team should be that solely dependent on one guy to right. make their defense so good. And it's the, it's the same vein. I understand Paul George is playing at an MVP level this year. He's playing at a level that he's never played at. But... He should not matter this much. The Thunder look terrible. They look awful in in this four-game losing streak. It's their second um, four-game losing streak of the year. Of course, the first time was their 0-4 start. Um, Russell Westbrook didn't play in the first two games. So there were, you know, there were some caveats to that 0-4 start. I don't think anybody expected a 4-0 start, just to say the least. But, um, you know, tonight was just disappointing because... The Thunder had their chances. They they made it close in the middle parts. I thought they they played the second quarter um, particularly mm-hmm. well. They played in the third quarter to begin the third quarter really well, and they got. I think they either tied it or got it to within two at one point. But every time they'd get it back to two, it was kind of like that Kings game last week where 
the Thunder would come back, and then the Kings would just stretch their lead back up to seven, eight, nine points. Right. And, and just be perpetually up 10 points the entire ball game. The same thing happened tonight. Um, but, you know, the Spurs, what what they shoot? I, I think they sh- they opened the, the, uh, the game 12 of 17 from the floor. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is about the Thunder that just makes the Spurs decide, yeah, let's just not miss anything tonight. Whatever <laughs> it is, I'm sure Popovich and Spurs fans would just, um, please, please, can we just play the Thunder again? Can we please play them again <laughs> and not have to play the Raptors or not have to play, God forbid, the Pistons or, you know, whatever other opponent. Um, I mean, I don't know. It It's just disappointing because I thought that this team was – one of the better teams in the league, and by no means am I just trying to bury them right now or I'm giving up hope for the Thunders, you know, the rest of the regular season, the postseason. But um, I said during the pregame on the on 107.7 of the franchise tonight, I thought that Paul George being out for, the, for this extended period of time, and I don't know if you saw Madison, apparently Billy Donovan said that um, as far as he knows, he doesn't think Paul is going to play tomorrow night. I did in, see that. In Oklahoma City against the Grizzlies. Um, I thought with this extended absence of Paul George, I thought that this would be a good opportunity for the Thunder to try and figure out how to get Russell Westbrook going. Because while the Thunder have been playing at an extremely high level prior to this little four-game slump that they've been on, uh, five losses in the last six games, is it? Going back to that Pel- Pelicans loss. Right, yeah. Um, You know, they've been able to play at such a high level despite Russell Westbrook being like shooting the ball terribly and not being the score that we know him to be to, to be capable of I, if the thunder want to go far they can't just only rely on Paul George to save them in every in every clutch situation to hit 9 10 threes a game you can't depend on that especially in the postseason so when you have another guy like Russell who's won an MVP in the NBA you, you need to get as much out of him as you can, as you possibly can. And that doesn't mean he needs to jack up all the threes. He doesn't need to, he doesn't need to jack up 25 to 30 shots, but whatever shots he's taking, he needs to get back on that good rhythm of hitting shots in the paint, especially hitting shots uh, in the mid range when he wants to take those mid mid range jumpers. And with no Paul George, I'm thinking, okay, well, here's the, here comes the opportunity for the, for the thunder to try and integrate Russell back to that score that he was for the last few seasons. That hasn't happened. The Thunder as an offense have not done anything exceptional in these last few games. Their shooting from the outside has been terrible. It's been right. it's been god awful. Like after I stopped paying attention really to this game, uh the Thunder were shooting 4 of 20 from the three-point line, which one thing, hey, they only took 23s. That's not bad for a an average three-point shooting team. That's a good thing but you make four of them. My key to the game during the pregame tonight was if they're going to take all these threes, they need to hit a higher clip. And it's like, duh, but this team, Mm -hmm. this team, despite its obvious flaws with three point shooting um, in the last 10 games, they've fallen off the face of the earth with their three point percentage, but their three point attempts have stayed constant. They're still like top six or seven in the, in the NBA in the last 10 games at 35 attempts a game. If they're going to take 35 attempts, they need to hit them, and especially with no Paul George. They need to hit more than just some. And tonight they didn't do that, and that's kind of what you can easily say. Yeah, that that that's going to equal an L. Yeah, it's going to do it because tonight they took 29 three-point attempts. They made seven of them overall. 
uh, shot at 24% from the three-point line. I completely agree. If you're going to take that many shots, you need to have at least some guy who is out there comfortable to do that, someone who is actually capable of really making it sink. I mean, guys like Terrence Ferguson, that's who people have been turning to lately. He took four attempts tonight, made one. Jeremy Grant took eight attempts tonight. He made two. And Russell Westbrook took five, made one. So it just it wasn't falling for them tonight. I think if what I really think is that this team needs to get it kind of in their head and just recognize, okay, this isn't really a strong suit for us right now. Maybe we should utilize uh, the paint a lot more, utilize guys like Jeremy. Of course, use uh, Steven. When you have guys like Markeith Morris or even Nerlens Noel uh, in the game, then go ahead and try to utilize him. But it just it, it, it really wasn't working for them right now. And, of course, we've been talking about this, um, I don't know, the past couple of games about, you know, what's better, just really knocking them down and starting off strong or coming back late in the game and finishing it off. But um, a point that I made earlier, and that's kind of what they did tonight, was Oklahoma City has to stop allowing teams to become so dominant right out of the gate starting the game. And that's what they did. They allowed San Antonio 38 points in the first quarter. And uh, the Spurs were able to outscore the Thunder uh, the Thunder 38 to 25. So if you're giving them that much of a lead that fast, I think things just go downhill from there. Because like I said at the beginning of this podcast, the Thunder only led by one when they did have a lead. There were only two lead changes in this entire game. And then you look over at a game like the 76ers and the Warriors tonight, they had like 20 plus lead changes and you know, that was a good game, but then the Thunder tonight just couldn't fight back in San Antonio and it was just disappointing. And I really liked what uh, Billy Donovan said pregame. He made a comment and said that the remainder of this season and the remainder of the schedule that the Thunder have being so tough, that is prime opportunity for this team to acknowledge that mistakes can't be made as easily and a key to winning tonight was really getting a lot of boards, really uh, playing a good defense post, like just grabbing any kind of loose ball that came your way. And, I mean, the Thunder really just didn't do that. They they just had too many mistakes tonight, 13 t- turnovers. Um, I believe, yeah, seven of those came from Russ. I mean, that's kind of been a recurring pattern, but it's just – too many mistakes were made, and that's exactly what Billy Donovan said can't happen anymore now that uh, the season is on the downhill. Yeah, you know, we talked about this after the last OKC82 podcast when the Thunder lost to the Sixers. Uh, we, we talked about it. This team cannot afford to get off to slow starts because more times than not, it, it sends the Thunder into a quick scramble mode where it just turns into Russell Westbrook grabbing a rebound and sprinting down the floor. Now, Sometimes you're going to have success. Russell Westbrook is that damn good. He can outrun a defense by himself. Um, A lot of other times, he'll either lose the ball, he won't hit a shot, uh, he will try to dump it off to Steven Adams, who will fumble the ball because he is not as quick as Russell Westbrook, um, or he'll try to dump it off to somebody in the corner and they'll either make or miss the shot. Um it, it's just not a good it's not a good thing to rely on. You cannot rely on okay, we're down ten now. It's like really kick ass and try and play basketball now. It's like no, right. why don't you why don't you take care of some small things like not letting Ru- a guy like Rudy Gay get be on fire, not letting <laughs> you know insert Spurs role player here hit their first two or three shots and then get in rhythm. Why don't you let your insert Thunder role player here get in rhythm early on so you don't have to be in such a scramble mode. Now, 
you're not going to play perfect to start a game every time, but there is a fine line between we're giving up 40 points in the first quarter and hey, we just got outplayed in the first quarter, but we're still in this game. It's still a ball game. You know, let's continue to do play basketball the way we want to play. When you get outscored like you have in these last two games by the Sixers and the Spurs, you no longer can play your game. You are now playing, you know, desperate desperation. You're playing catch up and mm-hmm. it allows, you know, it, it it's it's really hard to explain, but you know it if you watch basketball. Um, yeah, a team like the Thunder can make a run and turn a 12, 14 point deficit into a two point deficit in the blink of an eye. But all it takes is the Spurs to hit one shot during that run. And then it just goes back to 10. Right. And I mean, it's just, uh, it's almost just frustrating. Cause like I said, we've seen the potential of this team. We've seen how they're able to fight. They just don't look like the same team right now. And I don't know if that is just because they're without Paul George Yeah, I mean, if you lose a member of your team, that's obviously going to affect the dynamic of it. But at the same time, you know, if you're a professional basketball team and you have guys with the amount of talent that they have on your team, uh, like a Russell Westbrook, Steven Adams, even the young, energetic guys that are bringing a lot to the table for the Thunder right now, I mean, you can't let that, like, force, or you can't let that become a reason that you lose, what, what is this, four straight games or five straight games? Four straight, I totally yeah, lost four out. straight games. So, four straight games, yeah. And it, that just can't really be an excuse right now. So, it's just, I don't know, it's almost just like a weird, something weird is going on in the NBA, because I'm just, like, looking at the rest of these scores from tonight, and th- things are just weird. But it was definitely a lot freakier down in San Antonio tonight, because the Thunder just looked... They didn't look good. And, I mean, looking at some of these stops, um, guys like LaMarcus Aldridge just completely destroyed them. And he didn't take a single three-point attempt all night. He stayed in the paint. He was playing a lot of smart basketball. He was 10 of 18 from the floor, uh, 27 points overall to lead the Spurs. And like Brady mentioned earlier, Rudy Gay just came off the bench and was on fire. Uh, The San Antonio bench outscored Oklahoma City 36 to 29 tonight. So it was just a lot of good role players for San Antonio coming off the bench. Uh, a lot of good guys out there to start off strong, start the game. And then Oklahoma City just really couldn't catch up. And I completely agree with what you just said, Brady. It's Right now they are playing that desperate catch-up basketball. And I like I personally don't want to see it get worse as the season continues on. And I'm just a little afraid that it's going to get to that point. And I hope that's not like a super hot take it's late so i'm like gonna drop a couple hot takes probably (laughs) but it's just it doesn't look good it doesn't look like healthy basketball anymore it just kind of looks like panic and frustration and uh i saw i wasn't able to watch this happen but i saw billy get uh teed up in the first quarter is that true yeah um i mean i don't blame him (laughs) it was lots of frustrations i mean yeah like the team is incredibly frustrated. They're playing this desperate catch-up mode perpetually in every single game, even the game that we were in, uh, we saw in Denver um, right. this past week. They were playing catch-up pretty much the entire game in the second half. Uh, it's just coming at the worst time for this team because they they have a second night of a back-to-back, which if you're going to have the second night of a back-to-back, you would hope it would be A, at home, and B, against the Memphis Grizzlies. But having said that, if the Thunder play like they have been, the Grizzlies could probably beat them. So it's it's right. not a for sure win. And then after that, they got four games on the road. Minnesota, Portland, L.A., 
and Utah. Those are four games that you could just lose. Even if you're playing good basketball, you could go into all those arenas and lose. So with how the Thunder are playing now, I'm just kind of, you're looking at the standings. They're now tied with Portland. Um, Now, of course, the Thunder have the tiebreaker um, on the season with the Trailblazers. So uh, the the Trailblazers Trailblazers would have to win more games than the Thunder to overtake them. As of right now, they're tied um, at 38 and 24. Um, I guess the only optimistic thing, approach you can take if you're a Thunder fan is if you look at the standings, everybody else is kind of going through a little bit of a funk. I mean, except for the Rockets and the Jazz, they're both seven and three in their last ten games. Everybody else is either six and four and five and five. The Thunder are five and five. The Nuggets are five and five. Golden State, Portland, uh, the Clippers, they're six and four. The Spurs are surprisingly the worst one out of this bunch. They're three and seven, but their February was. I think eight straight road games bookended by two home games. And I, that's the other optimistic thing you could take away from this game is that the Spurs are, they're, they're more than a good team at home. They're a great team at home. They're 24 and seven. Uh, the, a lot of their guys, this is a, this is a roster made up of role players and role players classically will shoot better at home than they do on the road. But still, this was a game that I, I kind of circled this past week that, thinking, okay, if the Thunder are going to get back to what they were prior to the All-Star break, they had to win this game because they win tonight, then they get a positive kind of momentum swing into their second night of back-to-back, and that's probably going to be a a win, and then you like your chances going on the road against four quality opponents, two of them being divisional opponents. Um, Now, uh, I mean, Madison... They could be 38 and 28 by the time they come back to Oklahoma City and then have to play Brooklyn, who's no slouch. They're not the Brooklyn of old. And then right. they, and then they've got to go on the road for a game I cannot remember. I actually have it pulled up. Let me see. Brooklyn at home. They got the Pacers for the first time this season on the road. The Pacers are third in the East. Um, even without Victor Oladipo, that team is incredibly tough. And then they mm-hmm. got Golden State at home. Golden State <laughs> at home in Oklahoma City. So... This is not the time to play desperate bullshit basketball. I mean, it's it's that's what it is. Like they they just they are not playing good basketball to start games off, and then they turn into okay, let's just try to out athlete everybody, and that might win you a game or two, but it's not something you can rely on. What this team can rely on is um, being sound defensively. Uh, forcing a lot of turnovers, getting a lot of points off those turnovers, and then allowing guys like Jeremy Grant, Terrence Ferguson to feed off of their defensive performance and hit shots. And then you rely on your your big dogs, Steven Adams, Russell Westbrook, Paul George, to do the brunt of your scoring. More times than not, you're going to win with that formula. And the Thunder have won a lot with that formula this season. They're complete. They're not doing that at all in the, in the, um, since the All-Star break. And I'm definitely not accusing this team of anything because I don't know what's going on inside the locker room. Like, I don't know what's going on inside these guys' heads. But what I'm seeing just from someone who is watching the game is ever since uh, teams have come back from all-star break, besides that double overtime thriller against Utah to kick it off, so the only game they have not lost since coming back from the break, um, it just looks like they've fallen too much into a rhythm and it's not the good rhythm that Billy Donovan always talked about at the beginning of the season. It was more of a rhythm of, oh, like, we, we come out here, we play basketball, this is kind of a play that works, here's something that works. But they don't, it doesn't look like they've really 
um, adjusted anything to fit the different teams that come in and the different kind of uh, talent that comes in with these new guys. So it's just, it looks a little too like, oh, this is kind of something I'm comfortable doing, but I don't know if it's going to work with uh, this new center on Steven, with this new guy that's guarding Jeremy, with this new guy coming off the bench and guarding Russell. It's just, it looks just a little too in some sort of rhythm that they're just a little too comfortable with and you have to show up to every single game prepared to fight and to work hard uh kind of fit for what team is coming in and it just doesn't look like that that's just me talking as an outsider I don't know this for a fact like don't everybody shoot fire at me but another thing to remember is that the Grizzlies are also coming off of a back-to-back tonight where they completely destroyed Dallas uh in Dallas at 111 to 81 so I, I mean I'm not saying that's absolutely going to affect the outcome of tomorrow night's game but the fact that the thunder are coming off of a blowout and the grizzlies are coming off of a blowout but the grizzlies were actually successful in theirs uh they might have a little bit more fire under their feet and i think if the thunder don't come back to oklahoma city tomorrow just ready to absolutely fight then this could be a fifth straight loss and it could just get real ugly real fast yeah um i I don't know like to me like just as a fan of basketball it's really frustrating when you see te- good teams play bad basketball. Like that, I right. think is the most frustrating thing about the sport. I mean, I'm, I'm as funny as it is to see LeBron James kind of cry and complain to the media, to see the Lakers complain about their media <laughs> coverage this past year. Um, LeBron James is the best player in the world, and to see him squander his talent all around and basically just say, "I'm packing it in. This is going to be a wasted season as of right now." That's frustrating to me. And the same thing applies to the Thunder. Like, every team goes through bad stretches. The Thunder had a bad stretch uh, about a month and a half ago when they lost four out of their five games, and one of those one of those being to the Lakers without LeBron James in Oklahoma City. But even then, they still did some things well. They just didn't make enough plays, or they, they would let one team get hot, or they would not rebound well enough in, in a different game. You know, certain things, different things would happen it wasn't just a complete cluster of bad basketball, and th- and this is this is by far the worst the Thunder have looked this season. And yes, um, as much as you want to say, as much as you want to say, if you're a Thunder fan, well, no Paul George these last two games. Paul George played the other two games prior to this. Um, and three, if you want to count Utah, that that was a course of a, a win. The game before that, the game before the All Star break with the Pelicans, uh, Paul George was very average in that game. So you've got. An average game against New Orleans. You've got a great all-timer of a performance with the Utah game. You've got a snoozer of a performance against the Kings. You've got a forgettable performance against the Nuggets. And then, of course, he misses these la- these next two games. I-, I don't know what's going on with Paul, but it's it's something that needs to be fixed. It's something that the Thunder need to fix even when he's not there. They need to mm-hmm. find out a way to... Okay, just because it's just the Russell Westbrook show now, it doesn't mean you can you don't need to get away from getting guys guys like Terrence, Jeremy Grant, getting those guys started. Now, before I forget, we do need to talk about this before we get into our questions, Madison. We okay. need to talk, we need to talk about Dennis Schroeder. Okay. Well, I'm curious. What do you think has been more detrimental to the Thunder, Paul George's poor play slash him not playing at all, or Dennis Schroeder's terrible play? Um, No, this is a good question. I actually saw a couple of uh, people talking about this on Twitter tonight. And I'm going to be quite frank, I don't know. 
I, I really want to say it's Dennis Schroeder because if Dennis Schroeder just has a game to his average in terms of his scoring um, in that Denver game, I think the Thunder probably have a better chance of winning if not they if not win that game. Philadelphia yeah. the same the same uh, same applies. Uh, Sacramento the same applies. I think he started off 0 for 7 in that game. Dennis yeah. Schroeder, yes, he's a backup point guard. He's the sixth man on this team. But because of how he plays, because he has to touch the ball so much, and because the Oklahoma because Oklahoma City's bench is kind of it's not traditional in that they have a lot of I don't know three and D guys, just classic bench players. They basically have a bunch of you know Nerlens Noel, Dennis Schroeder, Markeith Morris. They have like low end starters on a few teams in the NBA that are just their bench guys, which is a mm-hmm. it's a good thing. But that's going that's going to put a lot of pressure on them in that, okay, you guys are this talented. You need to bring it every single night. When you don't, this team will be hurting. And, you know, as as important as Paul George is to the Thunder, and he's by far their best player this year, if Dennis Schroeder just plays a tad bit better, I don't think they're riding a four game losing streak. They might have split split it at worst, I think. No, I agree with you. And I just I think there have just been a lot of poor decisions on Dennis's part. There were a couple of times we were watching uh oh gosh, the seventy sixers game on Thursday and there were so many wasted possessions that made me want to claw my freaking hair out. And it was mainly because uh the ball just wasn't taken care of well enough. And I hate to point fingers, but it was Dennis Schroeder. And he just there were just a couple times he would just dribble it down there and just kind of chunk up a crap three or uh, not utilize the guys on the court and just kind of drive in for something when he sees tons, well, tons, there's only five on the court, but when he sees a lot of body just waiting for him under the rim, and I think he kind of tries to pull like a Russell and uh, just drive it to the basket and try to get that easy layup, but it doesn't work for him because, I, I, I don't know, it's just, it's just not it's not something that he's wired for. And, I mean, I like the shots he gets for the most part, but lately I have not. And it's just been a lot of wasted possessions. It's been not a lot of smart basketball. It's been some sloppy ball handling. It's just not going well. And then on the defensive end, I just haven't really seen him step up on that side either. So, I mean, that's kind of where I find a little bit of frustration just because I was really – and I don't take anything from this yet. Let me finish the sentence. I was really excited about – Dennis when he first came to Oklahoma City and just the way that he uh, was able to function with these guys right off the bat especially in the preseason games which I know was like an eternity ago but it it just it was an exciting thing to watch but now it's kind of just like a lot of frustration basketball and Dennis Schroeder just not making a lot of smart good decisions that not only benefit himself but benefit this team to I mean get the win so I mean he's even said the in the locker room before that he does play with a lot of frustrations. He kind of has to learn how to calm himself down. And that's something that he is trying to work on. But honestly, I haven't seen any kind of improvement with it. So it's almost getting worse. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's a weird thing that's going on. So if Dennis can really get in his right mind and kind of figure out what is the best way for him to contribute while he's on the floor, um, he's going to figure some stuff out and it's going to go better. But right now, it's just not going very well. Yeah, and Schroeder has gone through a, kind of a similar bad stretch already this year with the Thunder. Um, right after he was suspended in that Sacramento road game, 
uh, back in December. I think the next two weeks he played just as bad in terms of not shooting the three ball well. And even though he's not a three-point shooter per se, because he has the ball in his hands, he's going to get a lot of opportunities to take those threes. Um, Leading into the All-Star break, right before he had his child, um, he was shooting 40% um, from three on four attempts a game. So uh, that's, that is legit. But, you know, I knew that that was going to come down at some point, but not at this rate. I didn't think it was going to just skyfall, but um, yeah, I mean, one more thing. See, I did it again, Mass. And every time I say, every time I say one more thing, (laughs) just uh, stretch your legs out because we're going to be talking for another 30, 45 minutes. But um, I will say this. I, I think Billy Donovan is a great coach. I think he's incredibly smart. I think he understands basketball um, up there with some of the better minds in the league. And if you talk to anybody else um, on any other team, uh, any other team officials, they have nothing but good things to say about Billy Donovan. They think the world of him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say this. I think, you know, this this Dennis Schroeder thing, the Paul George thing, and even going back to last year with Andre Robertson, uh, his injury, I think that this kind of plays into what a lot of, people that will criticize the thunder specifically billy donovan this is where this comes from billy donovan is a very good coach because he understands when he needs to coach and when he needs to let his guys just go do their thing when you've got a team with paul george and russell westbrook you don't really need to be like you know shoving your face into a huddle and screaming at them telling them that they need to do this and run more pick and roll you just go let mm-hmm. them go ball they're ballers they're they're extremely talented athletes you let them go do their thing but there, I, I think that there are times where he allows that to happen way too much. And it, it creates this atmosphere and this, this kind of culture of everybody do their thing and we collectively will create a great team. We saw this last year, and I, like right at the beginning of the podcast that we were talking about. Andre, you do your thing on defense and together we will be a great team. Andre goes down, everything goes to crap. Um, Paul George, we're going to allow, allow you to be a player that we that you've never even been before. We're going to, going to give you all these clutch situations, put the ball in your hands. Then he goes down, the team can't score anymore. Um, Russell Westbrook, you have to do everything now. Um, Dennis Schroeder, you're the sixth man off the off the bench. You're the sixth man <laughs> coming off of the bench. You need to <laughs> score and score a lot when you're on the floor. When all these one individual things don't happen, it just throws a monkey wrench into the entire equation. So, um, you know, as good as the Thunder are, you know, and I've always kind of thought this, and I've thought that I think that this team is still really good and has a big, has a lot of potential to go into the postseason, but um, it is, it's very fragile. I'll just say, you know, it Uh just, it just takes one bad shooting night from one guy and the wheels could fall off. And you can't say that about a lot of these other good teams. Uh, I mean, in that game that we saw in Denver, Gary Harris was over. He was over from the floor, but that didn't stop the, the Nuggets from having success. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I did Deer and Fox have that good of a game scoring with the um, in that Kings Kings loss with the Thunder? I can't remember. Somebody didn't score that I expected to score a little bit more, but it didn't really stop. Ah. It, it didn't really stop the Kings from move, moving in their offense. So. That's just something I want to see this team improve upon. I think that they can, and at some point they're going to win a game. It might be tomorrow night. It might, hey, hell, they might they might go 4-0 on this road trip that we're already 
trying to bury them, bury them for. So, um, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. I mean, every, it seems like every time you try to say, all right, that's it for the thunder, they rattle off eight, nine wins in a row. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. but honestly, with, anything can happen without further ado. Let's go ahead and race through some of these questions. Um, okay, we're gonna, do you want me to read them off? Yeah. If you want to go right ahead. Okay. So we're going to start with Ethan price. Um, and he is asking us, what do you think about this obvious strategy to sway MVP, uh, sorry, MVP voters to PG's camp by losing while he's on the bench? I think it's brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's a funny question. It's good. It's good fodder for fandom, but I've never really subscribed to the like, oh my goodness, look how, look how important this player is to a team because he's not playing that. I think that only applies when a certain player goes to the bench. (laughs) <laughs> and yeah. that's another reason why Russell probably won the MVP was that he, the Thunder were like three or four points better as a team than their opponent when he was on the floor. When he was off the floor, they were like minus eight. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, um, I, I don't know. I, I I know that Ethan's probably being completely facetious with all this. And oh, it yeah. is actually really funny. I like it. Um, but I don't, <laughs> I don't think it's an obvious strategy to uh, – veer MVP voters towards Paul. Um, I, I do, I, it has proven a point though, that Paul is very important to this team. I think that's something that everyone already knows, uh, but that kind of just ingrained it in your mind. If it already wasn't, uh, yeah, Paul's super important to this team. He's done some great things for, uh, the Thunder this season, especially it's just the second season here and he's already become a major leader and key player here, uh, in the organization and also very important to the city. So it's just, it's really cool that he does have such an impact on this franchise. That's really awesome. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, like Brady and I were talking about earlier in the podcast, uh, this team can't just fall apart just because Paul is hurt right now and he's having to uh, rehab his shoulder a little bit. So, I mean, yeah, I, I'm just going to leave it at that. That's, <laughs> that's all I have to say about that. Boris Scott voice. <laughs> that's your favorite movie. That is my favorite movie, actually. Oh. I'm actually really happy I said that. <laughs> uh, Julius Reck asked us, Hey, guys, the defense was concerning the last few games when PG was available. If the regular season is for setting good habits for the postseason, what kind of nonsense are we being subjected to now? Um, well, the regular season is 82 games long. You're going to, you're going to create good habits and you're going to create bad habits. And there are going to be times where you throw those bad habits out for the world to see in, in bunches. Um, I think the Thunder, even in their better seasons, when they had Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Serge Baca, all those guys, they would still go through stretches of just disappointing play. And in fact, that last year with Kevin Durant, I think the big thing for the Thunder the big worry for the Thunder going into the postseason that year was the Thunder win 55 games, but they left like 16, 17 games on the on the table when, in terms of leading going into the fourth quarter in those games, and they lost. And so that was a big concern. And the Thunder were one, you know, superstar performance in the fourth quarter away from going to the NBA Finals and potentially winning it. So, um, you know, postseason, regular season, two completely different things. Uh, the thing for the Thunder, as experienced as they are with Russ, Steven, uh, Paul George, so on and so on, they're not necessarily experienced for a deep run together, and they're not experienced with Russell Westbrook as the lone leader of the franchise leading the charge. 
So it, it's it, you can kind of say, well, the Thunder are very experienced. At the same time, you can't. Um, so in that sense, they need to get back to doing, going back to those good habits because they're not necessarily a team that can just flip it on. I think they can flip it on defensively, um, in situations, but they need, they're, they're a team that I think needs to be on a streak going into the postseason, if that makes sense. No, I agree. And I mean, I'm hoping that, you know, this team can be someone who's ready to flip it on. Uh, when it does come down to it. And I think I still do stand by um, the idea that this team's really going to surprise a lot of people. But, you know, that's that's honestly just me, like, pulling that out of my booty right now because I don't know. But um, I don't know. I'm very intrigued by all this because, yes, the defense has been concerning. And actually what I'm about to say is going to lead into our next question because it is very relevant to that. Um, I think things have just fallen apart a little bit now that All-Star break has ended and they have come back from that um i'm definitely don't think that they just sat around and didn't do anything all all-star break obviously they were very involved in all-star break uh some guys definitely stayed in oklahoma city stayed wherever else and got work in but i I don't know i think things will change hopefully in the next couple of games um i think it, it it's just kind of like i'm about to get real deep for a second but it's kind of just like how you kind of have to go through a weird stretch or a weird time or some weird experience to kind of get something uh, through in your head and kind of figure some things out. So I think that's what the Thunder are doing right now. They're going to have to experience some bad things just so they can uh, shake those bad habits and kind of get back to how they were playing before they went on All-Star break. I mean, yes, they had some bad losses, like Brady said earlier, but I mean, for the most part, they were playing some pretty good basketball. And uh, I think it's just going to take a little bit of tweaking here and there to get back to that. But um, Brady, if you don't have anything else to say, I was going to lead into this next question from Kim Pingleton. Yeah, go ahead. Who's been, she's been awesome. Like shout out to Kim because she has been very involved in our conversations on Twitter and she definitely does a great job contributing to the podcast. Um, and she asked, what is it with the OKC or with OKC in the all-star break? Uh, they need to get back in rhythm and both on, with both on, uh, offense and defense. Any idea when PJ PG may return? Wow, can't talk tonight. So sorry. <laughs> um, Goodness. Yeah, I guess according to Billy, um, he's he's of the opinion that Paul will not play tomorrow night, and that kind of makes sense. I mean, it's the second night of a back to back. If he's not going to play tonight, it wouldn't make that much sense to play him tomorrow, especially against a, a much lesser opponent. If he's going to be fine to play tomorrow, then he probably should have played tonight. Um, I don't know, Madison, I don't know if you saw uh, Steve McGeehee's video uh, pregame uh, from the floor. He was in San Antonio tonight with a, for Channel 9 and OKC. Um, he put out some video of Paul George putting up some pregame shots. He looked fine, and of course he looked fine on the bench tonight. He doesn't. I don't, think, I don't know if it's going to be a prolonged absence. I mean, on the last podcast, I thought he'd play tonight, and so I'm wrong there. And he's probably not going to play tomorrow night, but um, yeah, I'm sure he'll be back soon. I don't think it's that serious of an injury, and I hope not because I hate to see Paul George's great season just go by the wayside because he hurt his shoulder. Oh, I know. That would stink. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Billy said it best. There, He may not play tomorrow, which would make a lot of sense what Brady just said, but um I kind of estimate he'll definitely be back and in full force for that four-game road stretch that they're going to have to go on here soon. 
Um, and if not, but my goodness, that that's going to be interesting. And that means that shoulder injury is a lot more serious than we thought it was. So uh, we'll see. But uh, Brady, our last question is going to come from Will Chandler. And he asked, hey, guys, the strategy of not scoring more points than the other team his last four games seems to not be working. Thoughts? <laughs> maybe th- maybe well, the- yes, Will. Maybe the Thunder think they're playing golf right now. Because if that's the case, then they're 4-0. <laughs> and then they're, like, really, really good. <laughs> um, yeah, my thoughts on that is yikes. But, it, like, um, it, it's weird because this team, even in this four-game losing streak, they've shown the ability to score in bunches. Their problem is they've started so bad in three of these four games. The Denver game, they didn't necessarily start off that bad. It was fairly competitive until about um, the third quarter when the Nuggets really put the stranglehold on the Thunder and got up to that 18-point lead. And then, of course, the Thunder came back and took the lead. So you look at all these games that they lost, and you can find stretches, um, multiple stretches of the Thunder going on 8-0 runs. You can find them going on 10-2 runs. This team can score. Their problem is they're scoring at the wrong time. They're not score. They're, they're not scoring in a way that will keep them from getting into that desperation mode that you and I were talking about, Madison. So, um, the skill is there. The talent is there. They just need to put it together and get back to their good habits. No, absolutely. And I mean. I pretty much stand by what I've been saying. I think things are going to turn around. I hope things turn around for the sake of this organization. But, uh, yeah, if they can kind of just re-strategize the way that they're playing basketball right now, I think it could be a completely different story. Uh, yeah, Paul George is going to come back soon, hopefully. I am i don't know that for a fact, but, I mean, it just makes sense. Um, I think they're going to really get into that mindset of, the playoffs as they quickly approach and i mean for guys who play at such a high level of energy night after night for an entire season for 82 games um i think they have like great potential to just really flip a switch in their head and play at a different level so i i mean i honestly think things are gonna look up a little bit but that's just me being me and being a little too optimistic about everything, so we shall see. Well, if if the Thunder want the three seed or better, then they're pretty much in the playoffs right now. Because I'm just going to rattle through. The, I'm just going to say that the, the teams, the names of the teams that they have to play: Minnesota, Portland, Clippers, Jazz, Nets, Pacers, Warriors, Heat, Raptors, Raptors, Grizzlies, Pacers, Nuggets, Mavericks, Lakers, Pistons, Timberwolves, Rockets, Bucks. You know, they're in the playoffs right now. If they want the three seed, they are in the playoffs right now. Yeah. And Absolutely. With that, we will we will end this disastrous. Not This podcast wasn't itself disastrous, but the Thunder's play was disastrous. I thought this was a pretty good podcast because Brady and I, we both talked with a lot of passion because I think we both were kind of frustrated with this. Mm-hmm. And now it's just kind of like, let's just like open up the floodgates and speak our mind on what happened tonight so i hope you guys enjoyed this as much as we did (laughs) well you know as much as i want to agree with you and i technically do but my uh, girlfriend fell asleep right behind me on my bed so apparently we weren't weren't that entertaining yeah (laughs) yeah, sorry yeah yeah, she's out (laughs) um but you're so entertaining but hopefully our listeners um were uh either screaming at us or with us um, throughout the entire we'll take whatever yeah um, everybody, thank you so much for listening to the OKC82 podcast. Madison um, Madison and I work really hard at this, and uh, we enjoy it. And the questions, the interactions, 
um, on Twitter, social media. You know, we really, really appreciate it. We're, we keep every time I check, we keep getting more and more subscribers. So that is always a good thing to see when you check on the old computer machine. So everybody, thank you so much. But for Miss Madison, thank you, everybody. Yes, yes, yes. For Miss Madison Morris, this is Brady Trantham saying good night, Oklahoma City and beyond.